Ladies and gents, welcome to the show. This is The Fix. Myself, the fat lad, Neil Pickup, and I'm joined by Australia's own Ryan Blue Bowen. <laughs> Flexing away like mother fluffers. How are you doing, guys? Doing good. Love it. Love now it. we were getting we were getting carried away in that uh, in the last show. Um, Timmy hey, Turner hey, sent hey, in a question. We were going to do we were going to do five questions. And we did one. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even and we didn't and we didn't even finish that. Absolutely unprofessional. It's not acceptable, really, to be perfectly honest. But you know what? That the second part of that question we didn't really cover off, and that was if you got a guy like John Brzezink and you two guys specifically were around, so you had uh, a Voice of Arm Wrestling channel, you had a Pound for Pound channel, and you had this information, the, the, the technical prowess was being taught, was being walked through, would we have seen a much better version of John Brzezink? <laughs> Could we? I've seen a much better version of John Brzezink. And where we were talking about the evolution of CrossFit, Strongman, the human being and what they're capable of doing and where that bar is set, are we on a similar trajectory with arm wrestling? Are we going to be seeing, you know, when, when the vanilla gorilla is 22 years old, is he going to be just a different league of arm wrestler to anything we've ever seen and, and him and his peers could be running the show? I have a question. Yeah, right. Do you know, Ryan, did John kill himself in the training sessions that he did? Because he said he armed himself once a week or maybe once every two weeks. Did he really kill himself? You know that? Uh, I don't, back in the day, uh, John, told, John told me that he started out arm wrestling hard every day. Hard oh, every day. Every day, day. Yeah. Every day he arm wrestled his dad and his brother because he couldn't beat him. He grew up arm wrestling hard every day trying to beat them over and over and over and over and over again his uncles everyone um and so that was really the birth of his strength and his conditioning from what i understand um i, I couldn't tell you the time frames of when he started stepping it back to weekly but i think once he was at the top he maintained it with weekly table time essentially um i can't help but feel like we could have seen could have seen a better john but we just didn't need to at the time and so john didn't didn't pursue anything. I know John very much believes in his table time approach and that that is everything he needs. Um, the way he trains, as you said in the last episode, he doesn't pin people. He works. He finds a position of balance, um, even slightly compromised on himself, and he and he holds and he squeezes hard. So he's, he's putting max effort in in his hands. Uh, he isn't putting max effort in on his side pressure or, or back pressure. He Let's control, go those. control. Everything's control. Yeah. He lets go of the side pressure, back pressure to allow that balance to happen, and he he stops someone just with his hand. I I took John to Eric Eric's place. Um, Eric Wolf. Eric Wolf. Eric yeah. Wolf's place. And John was in the gym. He looked so uncomfortable, and he <laughs> he he really you could just see that John doesn't like the gym. He doesn't like it. But I couldn't help but even think like now John's in the top eight and John's doing weekly table time. And I'm keep, I'm looking at John. John, if you just spent the next four months in the gym, surely it's a better John than you than, than the John who doesn't. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't think so. So I don't know. Like for me, I think John was just genetically the best, and so he did never had to. But if 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 there was another John out there that he was competing with, I think 
the one that went to the gym would, would have had that to would push him. That would push him. Well, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because one thing I would pick up on is that there were, <clears throat> I think there's a feeling that there weren't great arm wrestlers there at that time. There weren't that many, but that is not the case. There were yeah, some. John's very, John's very quick to say, no way is that the reality. He says they were just as bad uh, back then as they are now. Now, what I'm going to, what I'm, what I'm going to go, bear with me, guys, on this one, because what I'm going to do is sort of try and build that up a little bit, okay? If you um, look at John and you look at John's capabilities, you look at his track record and the fact that his achievements in the sport surpass any and all before or since, he was also able to transcend the weight classes more effectively, arguably more effectively than any. In fact, I'm going to say not arguably, pretty much definitely more effective than anyone we've seen since. Now, that's a very, the, 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 the pinnacle point there is how genetically gifted for arm wrestling in reality is John? Because John had, um, number one, an, a massive appetite to travel. He would travel anywhere and everywhere. He would do what Ray spoke about in the, the last episode, in that he wasn't the guy that was going to go into training and just flash through people, just pin people. In fact, not only in training, John is very well known throughout his career for being the guy that will beat you where you want to be beat. He'll beat you where your best position is. So you walk away from the table thinking, well, everything I had was in that and the guy. And that's why so many arm wrestlers tip the cap to him. You know, they tip the hat to him because he will, if you want to go in a hook, yeah, he'll go there with you. If you want a top roll, he'll go there with you. He'll do, he'll do it all and has done it all. So that does make a very strong case, therefore, for the fact that to be that super exceptional arm wrestler, you've got to arm wrestle. Because what that will do is always give you the avenue to win in a developing and changing, evolving environment of an arm wrestling match, which is strength sport and combat sport. The gap is there. This isn't powerlifting. This isn't this isn't putting a weight on a bar and lifting it up. And Pulling even there, this technique. Line, yeah. yeah, this isn't this isn't this is an evolving thing. Like I've said before, you know, very good, but brick not hit back. And that's the situation here. You've got to find a situation where within anywhere within that spectrum of evolution in the match, you can see the gap and run through it because you've got the technical capability and the rounded strength developed from arm wrestling in that position over years, over massive repetition that when that opportunity presents itself, you've got the capability to exploit it. Yeah. And that is why I do fall on the side of, if you have an arm wrestler or an individual who has the physical potential, okay? They have to have the physical potential to be able to do that. They have to have the nous, the wherewithal, the, the desire to go out and chase after it. So to put themselves in those matches and to take on the training in the correct manner. So they go to competitions and would pull anyone and everyone. Yeah. They pull them in all these positions. <clears throat> I do think you'll get an evolution of competitor there whose ability is very strong in a very broad spectrum. And you can go a, a tremendous amount of miles can be travelled with that approach you know i think the reality of the situation in some respects is 
that most people aren't that guy. So the question you've got to answer yourself is, what's the reality of my existence here? Number one, how committed to the sport and how capable am I to go out and to um, arm wrestle with high-level arm wrestlers on a very regular basis? Case in point, if you live in a developing country in arm wrestling, if you live in a country where there are very few elite-level arm wrestlers and you're not the richest individual in the world and can't travel all over the world to, to, to get access to these guys very regularly, are you realistically going to going to be able to do that? Probably not. Yeah, you need, you need. I've heard Devin say it a lot of times, the number one thing you need is to love the sport. Without loving the sport, you won't get it. And if you are in a developing nation, like I can speak from that perspective because Australia, in an armor sense, is a developing nation, has been, the Federation started seven years ago. Um, I was right there at the beginning of it. And, the fact that we had a bunch of people who genuinely loved it has made it possible. If it was just one guy who genuinely loved it and the others were just trying to win the, a beer at the bar, I don't think it would have happened. But, for instance, myself and Jordan both loved it and we were both essentially going through the novice amateur development ourselves. But because we loved it, we kept on searching. And YouTube, like we talked about last episode, we can now get the resources. We were pushed in the right direction by Devon. But with the right resources, we were able to develop it. Um, so traveling, I back to John and traveling. I agree entirely on that. And I like when you. I think that's one of the reasons why Devin is is considered probably the best counter-attacking and defensive arm wrestler uh, out there, is because he grips up with so many damn people. And he just he doesn't pin them. He just like like Ray said, he just doesn't let them pin him. Um, so the combat that he's developed is amazing. And um, yeah, where to go from there? I've lost my point, but anyway, I think you'll get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say, like, just whatever you you both said it perfectly, in my opinion. Uh, we don't need John Berzenk lifting weights. He wouldn't. I, I think he was as great as he could be. Maybe right now he needs gym, but in my opinion, not specific, just for health reasons, just to yeah. keep everything because. Even you can, your arm, muscle have memory, tendons get strong, arm going to get strong, you know, but it's, it's holding up here. So you need to take care of everything else. So my opinion, he needs just that health part, some, some very light body. John, 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 John's side pressure is very low. Like if you just expect, like if we're talking just, if he's not taking someone's hand away from them, when I train with John and we just, we just, Gently ease into direct side pressure. He's is less than mine, considerably. His shoulder starts going pop, 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 pop. It hurts him. He can't do it. His back pressure is better than mine, I know, from being at Eric Wolf's place. My back pressure max, John picked it up and went, and brought it over like that. So he's a good 10, 15% above me on back pressure. Um, okay. I don't know what he, I don't know what his down pressure is, but yes, his, his hand is phenomenally ahead of mine. Um, so, it's interesting on what, what John's gym strength actually equates to. And if the side pressure thing about John, he says that he, it's been forever like that. It's always been his weakest point in his game. And he's had the, the shoulder injury for quite a long time. But um, you can't help but think if he had a good shoulder all of his career and had, the, had an equivalent side pressure to his back pressure, that he would have been even better again. I think one of the points we can say to round off Tim's questions more fully is to I think we can all agree on the point that 
one thing is for sure. However you rate the importance of uh, weights or strength training versus arm wrestling, one thing is for sure. Unless you have the capability to arm wrestle correctly, to arm wrestle well in at least one position, then you cannot succeed in the sport of arm wrestling. That is absolutely clear. That's why you've got massively strong people all around the world who are gifted physically for the sport, yet wouldn't have any chance against trained arm wrestlers. And I think that's probably more true today than it's ever been, because there are so many very highly skilled exponents of the game out there right now. There are a lot of very good arm wrestlers out there. Which leads us on to our next question. And this is directed at Coach Ray, because obviously, Coach Ray, you're from your benching and your powerlifting background. And um, this relates, there's a, there's a real crossover there. Uh, you are obviously a guy that's done very, very well in bench. And a number of people have spoken about this, a number of the high-level arm wrestlers that I've spoken to, and most recently, Magnus Samuelson, former world's strongest man, former European arm wrestling champion, made reference to this. Um, bench pressing. How beneficial do you believe that bench pressing is uh, for the sport of arm wrestling generally? Now, there's obviously reference to the pressing techniques in there and the and the guys that really lead with those, the likes of Jerry Cadaret and so on. But what about outside of that? So we can take it into two parts, if you will. How beneficial is bench pressing generally for arm wrestling, in your opinion? And, um, well, what's a good place to start? Let's go with that. I don't think it's very beneficial. So, uh, like, we see these lot of guys that tear up their backs. Like, it's every year you will hear some high-level guy with a lot of power tear up their pecs. And most of them are doing some bench benches or something like that. We had Michael Todd. He did bench press records and then went to Zlotitor, tear his back. Uh, same with Trubin, things like that. So, it's first, it's physiology. Like, I do bench press to have better bench press. I don't do my bench press to train my chest. In bench press, you just move your arms like this. In arm wrestling, our arm crosses our body whenever we do this. So it's completely different movement. Like the same thing goes with, with squats and deadlifts, like these fundamental powerlifting moves. Feeling strong makes you strong. If you feel strong, you lift at heavy weights, it gives you that confidence to lift those 10, 20% hold on to your opponent. You know, it, it, it's that much difference. Like the style that I'm bench pressing, I have arch, I competed in competition. It, it doesn't build any strength in my opinion. When I do close grip, that I would say is more beneficial for arm wrestling than just normal bench or wide grip bench or something like that. Because there are a lot of guys that are great pressers and they, they do bench press, they will say they contribute this to bench press, but they are doing like 30-40% below my weights, and they are better pressers than I am. So it does, in my opinion, it doesn't go there, especially with wide grip, close grip, I would say, yeah, your tendons, your everything, you're more used to this, but again, it's pushing movement. In arm wrestling, it's not really pushing, it's coming down with your shoulder and everything else. So 
bench pressing, uh, close uh, grip, lighter weights, my opinion, is better than doing what I'm doing. I'd love to chime to say that um, have a look at people like Tom Holland. Have a look at people like Jordan Davis. Both of those guys, Jordan is working on this at the moment. I'm literally feeling him develop this. Jordan couldn't bench press 80 kilos. I promise you, 80 kilos, he would struggle to lift. But he can win the shoulder line against me. When he supernotes and talks up, he can win that, win that battle of center and, and the shoulder line. And is that, that shows you that, like, to me, I have a much stronger pec than Jordan. Um, but the fact that I can't bully him in there, and Tom Holland's an excellent guy at winning center as well in setting a hook, is that I think that there are other links in the chain that the pec more important. Sure, more important. Yeah, there's, there's these other links of the inner elbow and, and, the, and, and the hand and wrist are far more important in the arm wrestling sense. Um, so I, I feel like the, the, the pec, um, when I go to a tournament, like, oh, let me take a step back. When I train table time, I never, I never walk away with tender pec. But I will admit, when I go to a tournament and it's red line, I do wake up the, the day after and go, huh, my pecs are a little tender. So they, they, are, they are active. In a match that matters. Yeah, very sure. active. Yeah. In a, in a I, long match, 100%, you're going in, your arm is pushed here. Yep. Yep. So, I, I, and then it, then it comes back to the question for me of what is the best use of your training time? Um, make you the ultimate arm wrestler. And at the moment, I don't personally feel like if I spent an hour working on my pec, feel like that's not going to give me as much progress in the sport as if I spent it on those other elbow and hand and wrist exactly yeah, i completely agree it's people are looking what i'm doing i'm just doing because i'm good at it <laughs> and i i still compete from time to time so i like to stay active i like bench press but it's if you're using then do close grip bench press that's more beneficial do some uh flies or something if you're really yeah sometimes guys will feel that their arm is slipping away and it goes with all the inter internal rotation. So it goes with all these movements together with our pack. So you need a little bit, but it, it mm -hmm. only is needed when you, it's not working. So, yeah. The only counter I would make to that is, and, and it's not really a counter, more of a build on it. Really. I do think that there is a much of all the sort of, um, core, genuine strength training exercises, the three daddy exercises, the squat, the dead, the bench. The only one that I would say has the real carryover is bench, as you probably imagine. But also, I think it, what it does do is it creates or potentially creates a massive amount of strength in the right area. But I think it's more around the fact that if you've got an enormous amount of strength in your tricep, in your elbow, and what it will give you is stability across that area. It will give you an enormous amount of stability just to be able to control an enormous amount of weight in that sort of move when it's moving about trying to, to balance it, to find that balance part will give you the stability through the elbow, through the chest, through the shoulder, that if you then learn how to arm wrestle and how to apply that correctly, then that will be a really big win for you. And I'm going to make a couple of examples there. Firstly, Scott Mendelson. Scott um, got unbelievable bench strength, as high as anyone ever. <clears throat> However, 
didn't ever really get to apply that. Never learnt the way to apply that from an arm wrestling perspective. Other end of that spectrum, Eric Spotto. Almost arm wrestles using that alone. Very much throws that into the match. Throws the strength, that stability that he's got into his... He throws that into his match. His tricep is like this. It's like a bag right there. So, yeah, yeah. And the other one who did almost the same and dominated the world of arm wrestling for many years before he had serious injury uh, was Jan Germanos of Slovakia. Germanos was was a world record bench presser at his weight. And let me tell you now, he used to run over people until late in his career when he was really, you know, past his best. He was astronomically strong, um, used utilised bench massively for his strength training and didn't do a great deal of arm wrestling specific training other than arm wrestle and bench pressing. And Germanus learned how to utilise the strength, that massive upper body strength that he'd got from the bench press and apply it very effectively on the table. So I do believe that there are certainly some real crossovers from bench pressing that if you learn how to utilize them, it can afford you a great deal of benefit. That would be my perspective. I, I agree. I'll agree with that, Neil, and say that, look, it can develop one particular ace that is, that is the beast level. But I, I do think that you are very limited if you are a hugely strong bench presser because you might be able to beat, get to a certain level, but I don't believe you could ever get to the genuine elite top level. And the reason I say that is because you watch Eddie Hall and uh, and Devon train, the, and Eddie goes to put his elbows together, and, and they're about here. That's as close as he can get. And Devon's like, we know that Devon can come all the way over here. And the application to the combat side, to, to, to not be able to get your elbows in here, you are straight away working an uphill battle um, in terms of that ability to twist and all those tendons that we talked about with Jordan and but just to stop you there, Ryan, one of the things I would say there, mate, is that that is, and I think that's a very valid point, but I would say that that doesn't necessarily make you so you can't be effective on the arm wrestling table because I doubt Dennis Siplenkov has that range of motion. It limits But he beat you. Devin's ass. Yeah. And again, uh, Dennis uh, bench pressed pretty good in the start of his career, Dennis, as well. So, push-ups were ridiculous, weren't they? used to do literally thousands of push-ups. Literally. Devon. Devon? Devon. I talked about Devin. Dennis, because Dennis was bench-pressing 270 oh, yeah. kilos. Oh, yeah, big bench. But, yeah, yeah. it's... And, and, uh, one more thing, because uh, Timmy, I think he looked at my bench. My bench is super wide. Yeah. This, this yes... No, 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 no. Here, I, I would say this bench, when I take it very wide, made more problems than it helped because your arm is overpronated position. You get really stretched out and it caused me a lot of problems. Yeah. When, when it's closer and you, if you look at most of these guys, they were close, uh, mm. either normal or close. That is beneficial. And, you know, that's yeah. a great point, right? Because, I mean, the other day, as I said, Magnus Samuelson was on. And you look at Mag Samuelson, he was like a physical anomaly in many ways in that very, very tall, long levered guy with a massive bench press. And when he was on here, I said to him, you know, you were like a two, I mean, this guy was a 270 plus kilo bencher, massive bencher. Obviously went on to be world's strongest man, but he was a huge, one of his real 
um, aces was the pressing. He was extraordinarily strong, yet he had long arms. But when you look at his technique on the bench, very close grip. So very, very tricep driven. You know, he was very much a tricep driven uh, presser. And his carry over to arm wrestling was was huge. So that's a, yeah, I, I think that's I, a great just, point. Just, just, just one more point. It's like triceps are super important. People keep neglecting them. Super important. That is your stability. Like you said at the start, this is what keeps your arm when you're pressing in. All yes. the heads, there are three heads you need to take care of them all. And I do, whenever I do my side pressure training, I do mix it up with a lot of, a lot of tricep exercises. And it doesn't yep. just help my bench press, it helps my arm sling. That's no, we're getting there. This is what I was, this is where we're going in, segueing in lovely darts. Go, Ryan. Todd Hutchins, uh, side pressure king, as a lot of a lot of people know him, um, preaches triceps massively cool. as well. Todd Hutchins. <laughs> you're, just, you're like, you're like, oh, yo, this guy, Todd Hutchings, uh, side pressure king. You no, no, I've heard, I have heard, yeah. <laughs> I go, could go, not go, go. agree. That's where I was coming to with the points that I was making about the stability in the elbow. I think that, that the bench press will give you massive stability. And I think there are other things which lead that carry on from that, which people talk a lot about, you know, biceps and in, in the hook. I think tricep is at least, if not more, important. At least as important as bicep, if not more. The, I agree the, with the tricep stuff, but it's just the pick that I don't, I don't really care for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so I think uh, that should give a pretty good round off to Tim's points there. The other thing he mentioned there was he was talking... <laughs> the, the other point that he mentioned there was Jerry Cataret. And um, do you believe that bench is more important for flop wrist presses, for dead presses? Uh, I, I that flop wrist pressing on table is more it's important. Even a thing. <laughs> you just you just need to get used to it. You just used to it. Yeah. And uh, then so you Jer- have good bench press. You can press through like hell. Yeah. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Jerry doesn't ever need to do this sort of stuff because he just sets his whole body that way. So he stays square. So he's, yeah, he's, he's he needs pecs for his move. And the more the more bench he has, I, I believe, the better his press is going to get. But he he couldn't move like other arm wrestlers if he wanted to. He couldn't move as as well because of the overdevelopment. But because he's gone all in on that ace, better to him. Yeah, that that that's um, that's taken us into an entirely different environment because the dead wrist press, a proficient dead dead wrist presser is lethally effective but you know people talk about you know how hard it is to develop a king's move and will we see people running into the king's move left right and center to sort of conclude this piece really or this episode one thing I will, and we can pick it up in the next one but but what i would say is that anybody who, who underestimates the level of difficulty in the application of an of effective dead wrist press that's that's different gravy against the whole range of speed and technique that are out there in the sport right now, somebody like Jerry Cataret, who has literally mastered the dead wrist press, you've got to, you've got to just take a pause and uh, pay your respects right there because that is unbelievably brave. <laughs> I mean, it really takes balls. I mean, it does. It yeah. takes balls yeah, for both sides, the guy that jumps into it and Jerry himself. But to do that 
against the giant super fast arm wrestlers of today. Wow. Because it is a lethally dangerous move if you get that wrong. It's like a one-way ticket to the to the hospital. It really is. And there's very few guys. I mean, how many guys do you do? How many, let's have a little go around now. How many guys do you know of at world level who are that level of efficiency with the dead wrist press? That are still Bowser active Bowser now. Bowser Barker. Yeah, he's one. Not many, is there? Not many. Not many. See what I mean? Yeah. Now, now, think about it, and we'll pick this up in the next show but, if you like. But, but, but it's how many? I, I have a lot of times asked. We, we, me and Yanis had a lot of time asked, like that. Talk about flop wrist, or what should I do to develop it? I said, develop something else. <laughs> <laughs> just, just work to get your arm in. We, I know a lot of guys like here in Latvia who started like this but stop doing that because they get injured. And there are, I, I think the percentage that doesn't get injured goes to the top, and it's very, very low. Mm-hmm. And everyone else just, uh, you know, it's it's a good move. It's You can press through, and it's fast, and it's boom, and you're done. But again, as you said, when someone stops you, you can get a ticket to hospital. So, And you see guys like Jerry, who, number one, apply the move at speed, and level. can be in that position with anyone, no matter what what technique they want to apply on him, you any way you want, and he is absolutely indifferent to it. He doesn't give a rat's ass where you are. We've seen all the top pullers in the world jumping all over Jerry Cataret with him hanging out in the ugliest of positions. Makes no difference. He's not interested. What a phenomenal arm wrestler that guy is. I mean, let's be honest, that's a bad mother right there, you know. But he's, in my opinion, just to close this out, I'm going to say Jerry Cataret is arguably the most underrated arm wrestler in the history of the heavyweight division. That is a beast. How many guys have had that kind of longevity and given so many monsters so much trouble for so many years using an, a technique that is extraordinarily difficult to, <laughs> to, to beat apply. yeah and to beat and to beat yeah yeah it's just an incredible yeah. arm wrestler we salute you jerry cataret we salute you son ladies and gents that brings us to the end of this episode thank you to raymond's Lightpinch, pinch today in the mother fluffing house thank you to ryan blue bowen <laughs> and guys We will see you right back here in the next episode. Until that time, take it easy, peeps. Like the video.